Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, people, and God. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, which invites you to know and show the welcoming heart of God. We all long for a life that matters, to give ourselves away for the next generation, to invest in things that will outlive us, and as my pastor said recently, to age intentionally and strategically. No matter what age we are, we are all growing older. There's no stopping that train. We want to grow something besides old. Thank you for joining me today at Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life. Good morning. I'm so happy to introduce my friend Gretchen Fleming to you today. Gretchen, I haven't met yet, but I plan to in a month when I go to Florida, and she is one of those encouraging friends. I think because she always draws me back to the truth, the truth of God's word. And then also just, she's so relaxed in herself. And I'm just going to let her tell you a little bit about her family right now and then her ministry. And then we'll get to the make it count legacy questions. Gretchen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Good morning. I'm so happy to be with you today. Thank you. Um, my name is Gretchen Fleming, and I live in Jacksonville, Florida, with my husband. We're empty nesters. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> uh, we've been married. It'll be 31 years in December. We've got three kids in their 20s. Uh, the older two each got married last year, um, so we're enjoying new in-laws. And uh, the biggest news, and I don't think we have talked about this, Sue, but we just found out that we're going to be grandparents. Wow. So, uh, we're very excited. It's gonna, the baby's going to come uh, next May. Mm. And uh, our oldest son got married December 1st last year, and then our daughter and her husband married September 3rd. Wonderful. So we're super excited about that part of our addition to the family. And um, my uh, website is GretchenFleming.com, and I'm a Bible teacher, and I just love to write and speak and teach. Wonderful. So, Wonderful. That's a lot about me. And I know we'll hear more about what you like to teach about as I ask you these questions, but let me just start with what legacy do you want to pass down to those you know, and maybe even those you don't know because you are a writer and a blogger and a speaker, and so we don't always get to know our audience, but what is the main thing to help someone's uh, life count? Um, I would say, you know, one of the main things I want to pass down is a relationship with Jesus rather than a religion. Hmm. And, um, you know, I, I got to explain that a little bit. I got to thinking early on, uh, you know, cause when you're raised in the faith, you want your children to be raised in the faith and you want them to continue in the faith. And I thought it isn't about a religion, but it's about them seeing me have a passionate relationship with the Lord that he is my very favorite thing in life. And I thought that's what I want to pass down, not what they should do or what they have to do or what they could do, but what they get to do. Mm. They get to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and live their life for him. And so it, it all comes down to uh, basically loving God and loving others that Faith and that passionate relationship is to impact us. And daily, we get to examine ourselves. How am I loving God and how am I loving others? And basically, so, let the result is making a difference. Let me, um, I interrupted you right there. What was that last line you said? The sort of the end result is making oh. a difference. Hmm. And that's what I want uh, from my legacy. Um, I'm reminded of when Mary was anointing Jesus's feet. 
um, after he had already raised Lazarus and the disciples were ragging on her for the waste. And he goes, leave her alone. She did what she could. Hmm. That's what I want of my life is that I've done what I could, you know, not just for him, but for loving others well, because Hmm. that love makes a difference. And that's what I want because that will count. As I listen to your passion and heart, uh, a couple questions come to mind. Was there a time when you realized that at one point it was a religion and now it's a relationship? And what what helped you reach that point? Because I think there are people listening today who say, yeah, I was raised in the church or yes, I read my Bible, but I don't really love Jesus. Absolutely. Um, You know, I was raised um, in a small town in Kentucky in a Southern Baptist church. And uh, I think through the years, what I began to understand uh, was emphasized about faith was number one, salvation Mm -hmm. and rightly so. Number two, about serving the Lord. And number three, about being obedient to the Lord. And I can remember um, even when we I moved to Tallahassee and we were in, you know, which was a much larger, um, it was a much larger congregation, but it was still the same emphasis. Mm. And what uh, changed was the first time Henry Blackaby's experiencing God came into the oh. church. And you've got to understand this was back in the nineties and in a Southern Baptist church, all we knew was, uh, Sunday school and women's, um, the women's missionary union, WMU. Hmm. So when a Bible study came in, that was revolutionary. Really? Um, yeah. I can remember watching, his, you know, one of his little videos and he said that no matter where he was in the Bible reading at the same time in his devotional time, he was always in the gospels because that's where his Jesus was. And Sue, when he said that his voice broke. Oh. And when I saw that, I was like, there is something going on right there. And what I neglected to say was that came on the heels of me reading our little daily bread, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, in a few months before that and putting that on my nightstand and thinking to myself, surely God wants more of me than that. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And when I saw Henry Blackaby and heard his voice break, when he mentioned Jesus, you could tell there was an intimacy there that I did not know for myself. Mm -hmm. And when he went on to teach that God is more concerned about the love relationship than what you can do for him, it just blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And that set the course that I wanted to know Jesus like that. It was about the love relationship and the intimacy and the passion that could be mine. Mm -hmm. Well, that is huge. Um, how are you currently working on spreading that legacy or letting that legacy be known to those who know you? Well, at first I have to be authentic with it myself. Mm -hmm. I can never let um, my desire to make a difference take precedence over knowing and enjoying God firsthand. Mm -hmm. So I always have to be very careful and very mindful of my own relationship with the Lord and fuel that foster that. And then secondly, I need to um, commit to a church and, and, you know, be a part of it and then serve inside the church, but also serve outside of the church. 
you know, like yesterday, I babysat for a friend of mine because she's a young mom mm-hmm. and, I, and she didn't have any appointments or anything, but I just called her up and I said, I want to just babysit for you. You go out before you pick up your oldest from preschool. I'll babysit the younger two. That way you have a morning out and then you go have lunch with your daughter, just the two of you. And so it's important that we invest in the lives of others, that we uh, gather in community with life groups or discipleship groups and just basically also encouraging my adult kids in this endeavor. You know, we're so grateful that all three of our kids are in their 20s still going to church, that, that none have walked away from the faith. But I'm still encouraging them, take that next step. You need to join a church. You need to start serving in the church. And you need to um, in a life group so that you can have that smaller community to walk through life together with. Now, um, I have adult children too, and I find that sometimes I can say something that they will want to hear and other times they don't. So I think somebody listening to you today will say, well, they, she must have magical children because she can just say, join a church and they join a church. Is that how it works? No. I mean, <laughs> joined the church, but they haven't. So I guess the way I try to parent our adult children is uh, I don't want to nag about it but I'm never going to be completely silent about it. And until either I'm gone or they are um, sort of basically living up to what they've already attained, which I get that from (laughs) Paul in Philippians, I think it's three when he says, you know, live up to what you've already attained. I'm just always going to be exhorting my children. Like I exhort others through my website or through speaking, you know, live up to what God has given you. If, if he has called you, if we know him as Savior, live lives wholeheartedly for him. Hmm. Um, what changes did you have to make or obstacles to overcome so that you could get to this point of living sold out, whereas babysitting a friend's children is the same as speaking to a group of 400 women? How, how did you get to that point? Um, well, I guess, um, part of it was I had to die to selfishness and laziness, you know, in the way to foster, uh, my own relationship with the Lord getting up early. And I was a night person and I kept trying to, you know, have God at the end of the day. And he just convicted me when our kids were little, you know, Gretchen, you've got to come to me first. And that means getting up before the children. And so it started there with yielding to the Lord, with the, what he says is true and the way he perceives. And even regarding uh, babysitting for someone to, with the same uh, value as speaking to people or, or writing you know, online, I guess that is me yielding to the way he thinks. Uh, left to myself, I can compare myself and and never, and especially as a repentant perfectionist, never think I'm doing it well enough and uh, that I'm, uh, I don't have a large enough audience or <clears throat> I'm not making a big enough difference. And I've really come to see that in the kingdom agenda, in the way he views it, it's about faithfulness. Mm. It's not about me setting the course, but following him. You know, Jesus didn't call the disciples and then basically send them out and say, do what needs to be done. It was a day in and day out relationship. He's the one that gave, set the course. And I love how, I think it's Psalm 138, eight says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Mm. So 
I just have to be faithful to each day's opportunity, whether it's serving locally or serving globally. It all matters to Jesus. I was going to ask you, what is your um, definition of faithfulness? Because you said it, this, the main thing that matters is our faithfulness to God. But I think you just said it. But can you repeat what that would mean to you, to just be faithful to what God has given us every day? Instead of, I guess, me trying to lead the way or initiate what I think ought to be done, I try to go to him in the morning and I say to him, I want what you want for this day. And I don't want what you don't want. So if he places on my heart, you know, um, cause I've had an extended busy time with ministry, uh, beyond my circle here in Jacksonville. So I felt like since I'd sort of neglected them after I finished my last speaking engagement and traveling recently, I wanted to get back and love on the people locally. Mm. So he brings to mind, who have you not loved on lately? And so Camille came to mind. How can I serve her? Uh, but then earlier in the week, it was you haven't loved on your own subscribers to your blog recently because I've not written anything new. And so mm -hmm. I thought I need to love on them. So I guess God just brings to mind how I can love and serve others. Mm -hmm. And I try to be faithful to that. You know what's uh, underneath all this? And we're going to close with this. And Gretchen, I want you to come back and speak on two things that came to mind. One was on comparison and the other is on perfectionism. So if you could write that down in case I forget. But I would like a part two with Gretchen. But uh, I think what comes to mind in all this is that we have to be uh, so intimate with the Lord that we hear what he's saying. It's not only, oh, yes, I will uh, do only what he wants me to do. But how do we know what that is? And under underlying of that, and I know you believe this is uh, a direct line with God where we are so um, attuned to his voice, wouldn't you say? What would be the best thing for help? helping you be attuned to his voice? Uh, continually being in the word and, and tracing back when I'm feeling bad. Like, <laughs> my emotions great. are my triggers, like a little warning flag. Like here we live on the coast and there's always little flags at the beach and it gives you a heads up on something that may be going on mm -hmm. in the current that you can't see. So I liken my emotions to being my little flags. Yeah. So when I'm feeling bad, you know, sometimes it takes me a little while to, to notice that. But then once I recognize, I'm like, man, I'm feeling bad. Mm -hmm. Then I think, what am I feeling? And it could be that I'm not enough, that I wish I were better, that I wish I had more. Or, you know, that I'm not happy with what God has given me, any of that. And then I trace it back. When did this start? What was the root of it? And usually it could be me comparing myself to someone else or even comparing myself to who I think I ought to be in my own mind. Right. That's the, the crux of it. Mm -hmm. And that's where I go offline and I'm not following uh, God's path for me. Mm -hmm. And so I've found such freedom and joy by casting off the habit of comparing myself and examining myself by the wrong set of standards. Mm -hmm. It's what God wants of me. Mm -hmm. And so God, you know, God creates the Billy Grahams in life and the Beth Moores and, and that, but he also uh, creates the, the uh, B Brandsetters in life that are just sitting at her kitchen table in a small town in Kentucky with their little crooked fingers because of arthritis reading in order to prepare to list for to teach her women's Sunday school class when she is 88 years old. Mm, 
What a and legacy. God, There's a legacy for you. God is glorified mm -hmm. through all three of those people. Mm -hmm. And it's not for me to decide, you know, am I going to be a Billy Graham or a Beth Moore in life? Or am I going to be a B branch setter or, you know, a, a, a Sally Jones in life? You know, mm -hmm. God has already determined who he wants me to be and who he wants me to impact. Mm. So I want what God wants. And if he <clears throat> determines for me to be small, then I want to be faithful to Matt to that. And there's nothing I can do to change that. Mm -hmm. So why would I waste my time? Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. better fruitful. If I'm in, if I am channeling my energy toward being faithful, not trying to change what God has in store for me. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It makes a whole lot of sense. And I know that we're going to end right here because uh, there, you've given us so much to think about. So thank you, Gretchen. And we'll have you back on again for Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life. And I hope you have a wonderful day being faithful. And I know you will. Thank you, Sue. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.